welcome back to Everyday Theologian. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Chad Lewis, here as always with... Pastor Ty. Uh, It is, uh, as of the release of this episode, officially Advent. Yes. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we're in the season of waiting before Christmas. But as we were talking about a little bit before we started recording, we're not real good at waiting because I would I would venture to bet that most people listening have had their Christmas decorations up for about a month now. <laughs> if I know anybody from around this church and in this community, uh, you yeah. at least can't wait to get started. And it's you got one tree up maybe before Thanksgiving, maybe uh, maybe a couple of wreaths up like yeah. right after a right. Halloween, you know. Right. Yeah. I know, I know how it is. Yeah. It's amazing because <laughs> really like Halloween is over and we take down those decorations and so many of us go right into the Christmas decorations. Because mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, for Thanksgiving, you don't, we don't tend to decorate that much. Certainly not to the extent that we do for Halloween right. these days or for Christmas. I don't know anybody that goes out of the way to put a cornucopia together. Yeah, it's just kind of been lost, which is yeah. a shame. I mean, not that I'm like the biggest fan of cornucopias, <laughs> but <Me either. laughs> I don't really, I don't own one, I must confess. However, yeah, it's not like the big thing that you need to decorate and and put something on display. Like yeah, that. It's all about the food. Right. It's all about food and family. And let's be real, because so just even hitting back on what you started out by saying that we don't do a good job of waiting there none of us grow our own food anymore like we go to a store and so there's that piece of thanksgiving where um you know the whole idea of giving thanks for the food that you were able to produce Mm -hmm. and and find on the land that you're living yeah it's completely gone so unless we unless you're in a heavily agricultural community that mm-hmm. that is like totally gone right we really don't have that perspective we don't go to a farm these days to get our eggs or milk anymore we because i remember going to a farm to get milk when i was a kid they still had some dairies around but even now like that's that just doesn't happen if there's somebody local that produces milk from a dairy they're gonna bring it to a store for you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we're still yeah. going to stores and that's how we get almost every anything. I have eat. I have been to a small farm that had like a small uh refrigerated section uh-huh. in a building yeah. that they could sell their own milk there. Oh sure. Um I think that was just like honor system though. You go in, you drop mm. a couple bucks in a pot and take a bottle of milk. Okay. Um So but, still you're getting it like immediately. Yeah. We just don't wait. Other than your summer vegetables, we don't do a good job of growing mm-hmm. or waiting. It's true. And so we don't wait around for Thanksgiving. We're not good at giving thanks for for that, for what it originated as. Um, yeah. But we'll still get around the table and eat. <laughs> I, yep. I can. Yeah. I love Thanksgiving. I love all the food. We had... Uh, the weekend before, so as of we record this past weekend, yeah. we had uh, Friendsgiving nice. with our group, and I st- I got home from church and immediately finished making uh, the potatoes that I was bringing. Yeah, I couldn't even be patient to let them boil. Uh, like, 
<laughs> I'm just staring at the clock knowing like I've got not enough time. This needs to just happen. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Cook already. Yeah. So <laughs> crazy. But but Thanksgiving leads us immediately to Advent. Yeah. Immediately. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think is appropriate. It's a time that, you know, even though we don't give thanks for the food that we've grown or found um, or however else we've obtained, um, uh, we're at least thankful for family and mm-hmm. being around, uh, I think for the most part, the the common, you know, experience is extended family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so you've got that time of thankfulness right mm-hmm. into yeah uh, what should be a time of waiting and preparation for mm-hmm. Christmas. Yeah. 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 And so just a very basic, you know, quick um, understanding is that Advent is the four weeks before Christmas. So from Christmas, you go back four Sundays and that's when Advent begins. Uh, that's our current understanding of Advent. And so typically you'll end up uh, having Advent the first, like still in November, like the last couple of days of November. Yeah. And, and then leading up to, uh, to actually December 25th, Christmas day. So, um, so yeah, for those of us <laughs> in the church, especially it's like, okay, hurry up and do a lot before our Thanksgiving holiday, because as that weekend is going to be, Advent, which means mm-hmm. we got to have a lot of stuff ready, yep. ready to go. Um, so, and, but with, with Advent, we, because it's, and it's really our culture that has um, just supported this transition. We have really lost the waiting and the expectation that comes with Advent as we prepare for Christmas. And, I know that there will be people listening who will remember when Christmas trees were not up until Christmas Day, right? Because it was still a season of waiting and expectation. And so it was Christmas Day. It was parents putting not only presents under a tree, (laughs) but the actual tree would Mm -hmm. not be put up until Christmas Eve for kids to wake up to. Um, on Christmas Day, because Christmas is not December. Christmas is not like celebrated the whole month of December. Christmas is actually a season from December 25th into January. Yep. So we just totally, this this society, we're just like, (laughs) well, when did we first see Christmas things in the stores, folks? Like what? In October. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Halloween wasn't even over, and there were already Christmas things. <laughs> yeah. So we just we want it. We want and, it all right now. And people look at me like I'm crazy whenever I say Christmas decorations need to wait until after Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. The yeah. the old way of doing Christmas has, like, I've got nothing on it. Like, True. Like I seem I seem real excited. Compared to waiting till Christmas Eve. That's very true. Yeah. But. Very true. So where did Advent even come from is a good question. (laughs) Because currently, that's like our current understanding is Advent is the four weeks before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And we have, and we, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit. But, you know, what, 
we have got different things that we do. We like candles, we have wreaths, we've got all kinds of stuff. Um, but if we wanted to say, well, okay, but where does this actually begin? Where did this get started? We could say that um, most likely it was in the late 400s that something called Advent would have first begun within um, the Christian world. And it's written that St. Gregory of Tours wrote in a history of the Franks that St. Perpetuus decreed a three-week fast from the time of the Feast of St. Martin until Christmas. So whether this was new or an existing observance, this is when it was documented that this is what was happening. Mm. And then in 567, at the Council of Yours, monks began to practice fasting on the 1st of December through Christmas Day. So the whole thing about a fast, like Lent, we usually talk about fasting. Right. But Advent, we don't you like, I don't know that I've, Literally, I don't really don't think I've ever heard about fasting during Advent. Yeah, that's new to me. Yeah. Um, but here are different groups who who declare this. And then also um, many Greek Orthodox and Eastern Catholics still observe a 40-day fast that begins November 15th. Western Christianity specifically the Roman Catholic Church, began to observe the season of Advent from the fourth Sunday before Christmas through Christmas Eve. And now we have, um, you know, Protestant sects of Christianity who Mm -hmm. also incorporate that tradition of Advent being the Sundays. So, you know, also like Anglicans and Lutherans and Presbyterians and Methodists and, you know, other denominations have now taken on the fourth Sunday celebration um, but yeah, that idea of a fast and, and interesting too, that like, that's been, you know, through the different, um, different kind of sects of, of religion that we've done fasting for different periods of time or in different ways, but yeah. I wonder why the Western church lost the, uh, the fasting part of it. Yeah, I don't know, because the Eastern Church, they they still hold to some really tight um, observances and spiritual disciplines are very yeah. pronounced and predominant in, in those kind of churches as well. So, hmm. yeah, interesting, right? We I, come to a new world and we just do things differently. Yeah. <laughs> we like doing, our, doing things our own way. That's right. We just keep doing it, for better or worse. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of a fast before or leading into Christmas, though. Like that. Yeah. Uh, the way that the soul reacts to fasting mm. uh, when done intentionally, mm-hmm. not just for the sake of giving something up. Right. Um, I, I could only imagine what what Christmas would be like if we took the same approach as we do to Easter. Yeah. Maybe that's something you all listening might want to consider. It's definitely something I'm thinking about. Like, do I want to do at least one day of a fast, at least one day a week? Yeah. Here through Advent? Like, that could be 
because you're right we and we've talked about fasting before how how mm-hmm. it can be extremely powerful and that's the intention that through fasting our focus would be so um so uh just laser pointed on on Christ and on God and and how is it that as I focus in this time of preparation in the coming of Jesus because that's another thing like it it's not obviously Jesus was born <laughs> It's not that we today are waiting for him to be born as a baby. That mm-hmm. happened. <laughs> so that's something that we remember, right, in this time of Advent. We remember the coming of Jesus in the form of a baby. But really, Advent, this preparation is an opportunity for us to, to prepare ourselves anew, afresh, for his coming like he's coming again that's what that's what this is all about right this life of faith it's like okay i'm i'm i recognize that that god loves me so much that he he allowed his son to come he caused his son to come to earth that was the first coming but but he said when he left i will return i'm coming again but jesus said i don't know when so pay attention mm-hmm. and this is a time of of drawing our attention. So in that time, in a time of fasting, we can, we can take, and we can be more intentional about looking, um, looking forward to the promise, the waiting, the prophecy, you know, what's happening, what's to come. Yeah. That would be awesome. I don't know. You know, there's lots of Advent uh, studies or materials, mm-hmm. devotions. Some of them have pieces that do talk about it because a lot of our scriptures that we use during Advent are from Isaiah. They are the prophetic scriptures. Yeah. You know, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Um, a voice calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Uh, so so as those scriptures are reread we not only are thinking of the coming Messiah, but being born, but of the coming Messiah to return. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that we cover those scriptures enough, though, mm. for Advent. Because um, there's also that tendency to, to, to do studies or have weeks that are focused on Joseph and Mary and the shepherds. and mm-hmm. I mean... Yes, important people in the story mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, you know, my experience with with Advent studies has been a big focus on them, like character studies. On character studies, yeah. From every perspective imaginable, <laughs> everybody tries to do it in a different way, right? Um, and some of them are good, yeah. You know, oh, to yeah. their own credit, sure. Um, but again, what are we what are we losing by not focusing on? Hmm. on the prophecies hmm. that's a good you know, question what yeah. do we lose when advent turns into oh gosh i've got four weeks before christmas i gotta get <laughs> all of this stuff done mm-hmm. instead of trying to prepare ourselves spiritually for for the holiday right um what would christmas day look like instead of heavy on presents mm-hmm. if it was heavy on the church going out and being the church. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's just something to think about. Yeah. For sure. 
All right. So with our Advent celebrations, right, With when we come to church, I don't know how many of us have an Advent wreath at home, um, but with the Advent materials, there's, you know, in our in our church, while the decorations within the building or even outside the building might change on occasion, um, we do have an Advent wreath, which is... Mm-hmm very common these days. And so, of course, there's symbolism there, right? Of course, there's four candles uh, representing the four Sundays before Christmas. Usually there's a center candle representing Christ that's lit on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Some traditions actually do have a Christmas Day service, mass or service, and people still go. <laughs> and uh, so the Christ candle's not lit until Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it still has symbolism, right? Uh, an advent wreath is a circle. So we've got a symbol for eternity, uh, for the eternity of God, for his matchless mercy. There's no beginning or end kind of thing. And typically a wreath will have some kind of greenery on it. Um, and green is, uh, a color for, that represents hope that represents new life and re- and renewal of life. So there's that aspect of it. And then we have so then uh, like I mentioned the the center candle, the Christ candle is white. But then we uh, the the other four candles are usually either purple or blue. Um and so the colors um, are representative are representative of the purple being signifying um, penitence and royalty. That's why we use purple during Lent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of churches have moved to um, to blue during Advent. That instead of like that penitent idea, more of an idea of a coming hope, because blue was a color of hope. Mm. And so that makes uh, sense. So blue, the coming hope. Yeah. So blue candles or purple candles, um, and then the white center candle. I think purple looks better. You. That's you just, just my that. preference. That's your preference. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it it matches with the pink, which is the the <laughs> offset. Uh, it's, you know, it it's a soft contrast mm. to the to the green. Mm. Yeah. Uh, aesthetically, oh, yeah. I think it's I I think it's a little bit more pleasing, <laughs> but. I can understand using blue. <laughs> you do. I just got to get adjusted to it. Guy. Yeah, it's all about that. Um, so, and so you did mention too the pink candle. So there's a pink or rose colored candle. Mm-hmm. It's typically the it's used if you if it is in the Advent candle. It's the third Sunday, the third Sunday um, representing joy. It's usually re- um, the Sunday that was there's a focus on Mary and. Um, it's it's the strong tradition from the Catholic Church, um, Gaudete, Joy, Mary. So, um, so that's usually when that one is lit, in between the others. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's cool. I mean, I kind of, I honestly, I kind of like the blue. Here's why I I like the blue. I like it as a as a um, as a different color from Lent. Yeah. It, it if, is nice to distinguish those. Yeah. But then if we do talk, like if we are talking about the fasting, though, and the preparation point, 
or part of it. It does kind of help to keep it the same color, the purple, for Advent and Lent. I don't know. Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, but then why, like, and this is not something I have an answer to, why is red and green so important um, to Christmas in general, right? Like yeah. Christmas, you just think of red and green as being your typical Christmas colors. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I'm sure that part of it is the the green from the tree, but I don't really know the why red. It's not something I looked up or that I knew. Yeah. Well, uh, the original, so like the original Advent wreaths, um, I don't remember when they uh, when they came about, um, but set up in a wheel mm-hmm. and it was uh, 20 candles. Yeah. Uh, for each day of the week. Yes. And then a separate bigger candle for the four Sundays. Yes. Uh, and the 20 candles were red. That's true. You're right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, but again, I I have no idea why a red candle was picked. Yeah. Hmm. But I would imagine that this far down the line, that that part of the tradition stuck in some different ways. Mm-hmm. Also, red and green just look good together. <laughs> <laughs> and we got poinsettias and all the other know, fancy stuff. Right? It's so true. Yeah. Well, the evergreen, too, is another um, just nod to kind of an everlasting life. Because even when you, you know, even in the, when you're cut, when you cut an evergreen, it still keeps its color. So there's still that. Yep. Cool. And you will find, so we didn't, you know, mention like hope, peace, joy, love. Uh, There are others, there are other um, meanings, other traditions that just um, allow us to look at at different um, symbolism for the, the four different candles. So, you know, so maybe like hope, faith, joy, and peace instead of hope, peace, joy, and love. Okay. Um, So it's not really like a hard and fast thing. But then they also refer to the candles as like the prophet's candle, referring to the Old Testament and how they waited for the Messiah's arrival. And then the Bethlehem candle, making that connection um, that the Messiah came from the line of David and King David's birthplace being so Bethlehem candle and then the shepherd's candle um, and how the shepherds came with great joy announcing because that's, you know, they're in scripture. Um, And then the fourth one maybe being the angel's candle saying, you know, how they were bringing good news, um, but they brought peace. Here's, here's how that comes. So, so there's different meanings, um, but the, the point is that we're going to focus on Jesus and the coming of Jesus and what that means for mm-hmm. us. So, so yeah, it's good stuff. Anything else about an Advent wreath or candle? Um, I did a quick search on the colors. Um, red, apparently, is just very simply uh, to represent the blood of Christ. Okay, that would have been my... If I had to guess, that would have been my guess. Yeah. But 
not a guest that you think primarily for Christmas because we're not focused on his death on Christmas. <laughs> of course not. You know. We want his life. We want yeah. hope. We want, yeah. Um, but it's coming in final victory. But if we think about it, it, it's because of his death. It's because of his resurrection. Um, you know that others are that others come to believe. Mm-hmm. So, and realistically, without without his death, without Easter, without the resurrection, Christmas mm-hmm. would just be another day of the year. Yep. Oh, absolutely. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And something else that's interesting, you know, I mean, because the church has been set up for Advent for, well, it's an entire existence. We have a, a good number of hymns, not like we don't have like 20, but we do have several hymns in our hymnal that are more Advent, um, that are more penitent, mm-hmm. uh, minor key, you know, so they yeah. kind of... I feel like downers <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that people don't want to sing at Christmas time because mm-hmm. it's like, ooh, this is ooh. But it, but it is part of our faith. It does speak to our faith and the importance of, um, of these different, well, of the different parts of, uh, of our Christian, of the Christian year. And, um, like, uh, Charles Wesley, John Wesley's brother, wrote uh two that you're all gonna know um come thou long expected jesus um and hark the herald angels sing he wrote that one yeah wow i know right yeah pretty cool didn't know that now you know (laughs) now you know yeah but there's you know there are advent hymns that just like let all mortal flesh keep silent. Oh, I, I don't know if you know that one. Don't know that hymn. Oh my goodness. It's it really is one of my favorites. Um if you are familiar with the area if you've lived here very long and you know anything about Elwood City, there's a church over there that has done um an annual uh it's not really a musical. They call it, it's called the Boar's Head Festival. And it's the prepper, it's a preparation, uh, but lots of singing. And it's the, for the preparation of the coming of, of Jesus for Christmas. But um, yeah, let all mortal flesh keep silent. Ooh, it is powerful. And it's saying, hey, he's coming. Are you paying attention? It's in, oh, it's beautiful, but we don't sing that in church. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, that's not one we really sing. I would love it because I love the song. Because I would go, I was in the production of the Boar's Head Festival, so I would, I just love it. I mean, you are a pastor here. <laughs> and you and Pastor Allen do split up Sundays in Advent. So from my from my seat, there is literally nothing stopping you. <laughs> Except when the words go on the screen and people are like, what is this song? And no one sings. 
Oh man, yeah. It, so give it, give it to the choir. Oh, that's well, maybe for uh, during the offering. Oh, yeah, that's a possibility. And let it be a a song of reflection. Hmm. We'll see. I'll yeah. think about that. All right. I like it when there's songs that that are in the hymnal that we don't typically do, uh-huh. but they have a good message, yeah. and they're they're definitely good for the people present. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan of just doing whatever so that it it can happen if it's intentional. You know, if if there's good purpose for it, then I say. Where there's a will, there's a way. Okay. All right. It's <laughs> <laughs> my perspective. Um, there you have it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, the choir might be confused. Wow. They might be very confused by the request. But, I mean, you know. Sorry, right. They'll have time to practice. <laughs> I'll just tell them Chad said so. Yeah. <laughs> so what else about Advent? I almost said Lent. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is there anything else about Advent? I mean, we've got the reads. So we some people do Advent calendars. Yeah. Advent calendars. If you're, you know, buying one online or at a store, it's only going to be for December, right? They don't they don't begin with the fourth Sunday of Advent typically and give you all that time. It's just going to be like 24, 25 days that lead yeah. up to Christmas. Um, but and some of them are really fun, but most of them these days. Well, let's be real. All of them these days have very little to do with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but there are resources out there that you are able to find, you know, at an Advent reading, an Advent calendar. It might not be one that you like peel the little cardboard back and pop out a piece of chocolate, but but there are plenty out there that you can um that allow you to keep that focus on on Christ that allow you to f- keep your focus on your faith throughout advent things that will call you that will be different things maybe it's a scripture reading one day an act of kindness another day um some form of generosity uh some craft or or some call to intentionally reach out to someone else Maybe it's a phone call or making a card or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Um, but yeah, so so Advent calendars are great too. Not because it doesn't have to be like a study necessarily. Uh, it's not necessarily a devotional, but it's something that you can do then. At maybe even as a family, yeah. um, that that keeps that kind of before you and making this season significant. We don't do that during Lent. We don't have Lent and calendars right with chocolate (laughs) that would be kind of fun but uh so so that is a special piece for advent definitely and those are neat to be able to do with a family Mm -hmm. you can also do things like i know that i've uh, made like the the uh, construction paper chains sometimes just to help count down as we maybe you know like the the ripping of a of a link of a chain that can just be a symbolic act even of getting closer of of the time approaching. Yeah. Cool stuff. Good stuff. And we had talked before too about different things that happen even within the season of Advent and different celebrations. Because as United Methodists, we don't have a lot of feast days or we don't celebrate saints necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some, you know, there are some other, uh, 
other denominations, other Christian uh, groups that do have things that are, you know, like the Orthodox, Greek Orthodox specifically, Catholic, that, that really highlight different feast days. Mm-hmm. And there are several throughout Advent or throughout this season that are very significant for a lot of people. Um, so like St. Nicholas, that's a, St. Nicholas is a big one because it's not just St. Nick. It's not just Santa Claus. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, there's, um, feast day celebrates, uh, or is like a, a remembrance day. Um, I believe from when he died. Yeah. His feast day is celebrated on the anniversary of his death, which mm-hmm. is December 6th. Yes. Um, uh, St. Nicholas, uh, some, I had no idea. So, uh, you know, here's, here's some fun information. Um, I think most of us, at least here kind of know through, uh, through like a a Dutch root of Mm. figuring out who St. Nick is. Um, but according to this article from, uh, history.com. Uh, it's believed that St. Nick was born uh, somewhere around 280 AD in Patara, near Mira, which is modern-day Turkey. I didn't know that St. Nick had a uh, more Middle Eastern area background. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely thought that, you know, the legend, at least, of Santa Claus was of more Dutch mm. or Germanic origin. Um but we did talk a little bit about St. Nick a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, some of his uh, some of his stories are um, him traveling the countryside, helping uh, those who are poor and sick, helping uh, poor girls who mm-hmm. might be sold into slavery, uh, but giving them a dowry so mm-hmm. that they can um, be married mm-hmm. uh, and have a full life. Right. Um, yeah, so that's why, like, so that's why it's celebrated on December 6th, and we put out a shoe, and there's like, you know, you'll get gold coins. That's the big thing, reason why we have like the gold chocolate coins that might end up in your shoe or a couple other little cute things. So, I mean, it's a fun thing to add to a kind of Christmas celebration throughout December. It doesn't really have, though, like a a uh, a Christian or a <laughs> you know it doesn't have a necessary a necessarily um, specific point towards Jesus right yeah um, but with the the generosity mm-hmm. yes. that that he bestowed yes um, and becoming the the patron saint of children mm-hmm. um, and sailors apparently I'll have to do more research on that because that seems <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Having having his feast day kind of fall within Advent, mm-hmm. I can see how easy it is to just kind of be like, "Hey, you know what? Let's blend these together mm-hmm. over over time." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, no. Um, patron saint of children. That that's kind of the next point that I was going to make. Yeah, um, which is why we still have. Saint Nick and the the presents and mm-hmm. making sure the kids like 
go crazy over Christmas and <laughs> have uh, have this nice little magical thing to believe in for sure. a short time. Sure. Um, uh, what I didn't know, though, I find this interesting. Uh, Santa Claus, as we call him, mm-hmm. is uh, kind of our translation from the Dutch translation of Saint Nicholas, which is uh, Sinterklaas. Mm-hmm. So there's your, that's how we get from Saint Nick to Santa. There we go. Cool. Yeah. Wow, that was rapid fire <laughs> information. I felt like I was in grade school again, giving a presentation. <laughs> oh man, unnecessarily stressed out. Um, yeah. Now I, I I have a friend. Um, I, I just happened to recall we used to hang out um, over Thanksgiving. Okay. When we were in in school. Um, and I remember this one time his family was setting up decorations for Christmas. And I don't remember how we started talking about it, but he mentioned that he never really liked the idea of Santa because it like distracted from what Christmas was really about. Mm. Um, you know, I, having grown up Catholic, I don't know how I didn't know about uh, the St. Nick feast day mm. or any of this other information mm-hmm. that I missed that somewhere. Probably one of the days of Sunday school that I didn't attend. <laughs> um, but figuring out where St. Nick comes from and the fact that it's kind of right in, in line with uh, getting to Christmas at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I now have a little bit better of an appreciation for Santa. Mm. <laughs> well, you know? yeah, when, we, I, when you I, think about it in that different light. Yeah. Typically, I tend to agree with him. Like, Santa's this obscure, random, it, it feels very Hallmarky. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely stolen by Hallmark mm-hmm. at this point. I feel yeah. like they own Santa now. Everybody. Uh, but... I mean, it it feels, Santa feels very detached, mm-hmm. at least in the modern day from Christmas. Yes. Um, and at least figuring out who the guy used to be, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. Yeah. I can, I can kind of get on board with that again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because if you, you know. look at it that way and you tied the generosity to it and, and caring for orphans and, you know, mm-hmm. children and orphans, that that is a great thing to focus on. Yeah. Not not that he's watching to see if you're good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then you may or may not be rewarded. Yeah. But, you know, here you are a child, you aren't able to um to advocate for yourself in many ways and so here we're going to be generous and we're going to make sure that you have um, you know, a new pair of a new pair of socks and a new outfit and we're going to make sure that you have, you know, in, in, in the, the legend of St. Nicholas, at least that you're going, the story that you're going to have a dowry because you wouldn't have had it otherwise. And this is going to set you up for a life that you mm-hmm. wouldn't have had. Yeah. So here's how we're going to do that for you. Not by filling your home with 10,000 toys mm-hmm. <laughs> that cost a million dollars. 
And then we're going to feel guilty for not being able to do what everyone else in yeah. the neighborhood has. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recall again, uh, I mentioned this last time we, we brought up St. Nick and we were talking about the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the movie, uh, but it was this short TV movie that kind of talked about the legend of St. Nick. Mm. Um, and I think this is where I got mainly got the idea that it was like of Dutch or Germanic origin because it felt very mm. like the way it was animated. And, sure. Um, you know, they, they tried to explain finding the reindeer. Okay. There was visible winter. Mm-hmm. There was snow. Yeah. And yeah. Um, he carved these little trinkets that he gave out just mm. to help. Uh, I think especially the, the, the poorer families in that town, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. give them something special. Yeah. Um, but this, the actual legend, the actual story of St. Nick makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense. Uh, especially why he'd be a patron, a patron saint at this point. Sure. Yeah. Cool. St. Nick's cool. I'll leave the the reindeer and all the other stuff to the movies. <laughs> all right. That sounds, makes it fun. All right. That sounds, you know? that sounds good. <laughs> but, Frosty and all that. <laughs> I, I do wonder if, if we took some of the saints, especially like Nick, mm-hmm. uh, to heart, what would... What would Christianity be if instead of just having, you know, a feast day for him mm-hmm. and the more orthodox Christianity, mm-hmm. uh, what if we all took a cue from St. Nick and expressed that level of generosity mm-hmm. over maybe over the season of Advent mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, Christmas through the Christmas season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, how how much different would the world be if we just didn't give presents to each other mm-hmm. but genuinely sought on these particular holidays mm-hmm. to take care of people in the community. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a I know a family who will take um I think they usually do. I mean, they they have the the means to be able to do it, but um they'll each take four envelopes uh there's four people in the family they each get four envelopes with fifty dollars in each and um and depending i mean they've done it different ways in the past but essentially that much and um or maybe they'll do two envelopes each with a hundred dollars in it or something and then they'll uh write a little note inside the envelope with the cash and say you know something like um you know, this is, you know, Merry Christmas. We want, this is just to, um, in some way, I hope this will help to communicate that you are loved and that you are, uh, important and that you're not forgotten and God loves you. And, um, you know, so some, you know, just communicating, this is a gift of generosity and, and, um, and hope it makes a difference for you. And then they'll, go to a couple different places, right? They'll get, they'll take, go to a grocery store. They'll go to a, um, some shopping store maybe, or, uh, if they'll come across somebody maybe in the, in a park or a parking lot or something, uh, or even like fast food, you know, just, they mm-hmm. just, a restaurant of some kind. And, um, and they'll just hand it to somebody and then they walk away. 
right? Um, but that would be, I mean, to do something similar to that or, you know, what if your family just baked like, I don't know, six dozen cookies and made six plates and took them to six neighbors. Yeah. And and if you made it a, a special thing that you did every year on December 6th, you know, on St. Nicholas Feast Day because of that idea of generosity. That would be a really yeah. neat thing to add to your advent. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be really cool. For sure. Yeah. Or maybe, or I mean, if you want to focus on kids too, then making some opportunity to go to like Adoption Connection down in Beaver uh, and making some donation to help the kids in foster care. Um, I'm sure, you know, there's all yeah. kinds of ways we could do something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe maybe adding something on December 6th for St. Nicholas and and living more into that vein of generosity through the Advent season, maybe taking a day a week through Advent and fasting. I don't know what this Advent will look like for you, but I hope after listening here to this uh, podcast, you've got some things to think about and that God will just maybe nudge you, give you a little nudge in one way or another to help make this Advent season a little different and perhaps a little more significant for you this year. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. This has been a good conversation. I always enjoy these conversations. Yeah. You know, learning a little bit more kind of being challenged a little bit more and Mm -hmm. good stuff so always good to be with you and we're looking forward to being with you again uh subsequently this ends up being kind of the season finale for i guess unofficially season one of uh, (laughs) (laughs) of um uh, everyday theologian Mm. um we'll be back uh at the beginning of the year you know so this is the last last episode for the year uh, we are in full Advent and Christmas preparation mode, just in yeah. and dealing with services and everything else for the year. So uh, we'll be doing that. Uh, so have a blessed holiday. Yes. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All that good stuff. We can't wait to see you and be back here with you in January. Yep. We'll see you then. <laughs>